I'm David Bryan. And I'm Brenda Bryan. This is Renovation Made Right. If you're considering a remodeling project now or sometime in the future, Renovation Made Right is your single source to help guide you through getting the project you want and an experience that you'll enjoy. Renovation Made Right tackles topics that range from how to select the right project and contractor to tips on surviving the remodeling process to best practices for kitchen and bath design. We have over 30 years of experience in the industry and are owners of the well-established design-build remodeling company Black Dog Builders in Salem and Nashua, New Hampshire. We're sitting down with industry professionals to tap into their experiences and insights so we can equip you with the tools you need to make your own project a success. Welcome back to Renovation Made Right. This is Brenda Bryan. And this is David Bryan. And today we're going to have a little fun because it's almost Halloween and we decided... Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that we were going to do a Halloween horror story about remodeling and um, tell you about some of the worst things that we've heard happening to people when they remodel their home so that you can learn from their foibles, mistakes, and and ghosts and goblins. Too. So, and, and that's true, and I'm excited about doing that. Before I do that, mm-hmm. I, I want to bring in this one thing. I have... I'm feeling a little insecure today. We need candy. No. Th- that it, will solve it. There's nothing to do with candy. Oh, I thought we were there's talking about Halloween. I was all excited that no. you were going to give me a Snickers bar. <laughs> I got your Snickers bar. But what I was thinking was... I don't, was I don't what, think what, I what, like what your tone. What I wanted to share was the fact that um, we were in Virginia visiting our daughter. Yes. And she didn't know for some reason. I guess she had not crawled out from under the rock. She did not know that we had a podcast. And oh. I can't believe that our daughter is going to a podcast. Right? <laughs> I guess we're not. So our we're, marketing is a little sketchy. It right? is a little sketchy. That our daughter's At not, least right? amongst our family. And so she was excited. They never, they never ask what we do or what we're doing every day. As they long, really don't right. care. As long as we pay the tuition. Yeah. And, and send the money every once in a while. Then well, they don't really right. care. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, not that's good. True. But anyway. Um, so she looked it up and she started following us, which is great. Subscribed to us, which is great. But then she said, hey, Dad, you got a review. It's a five-star review. I said, oh, that's awesome. Wow. So I was checking it out. And uh, the five-star review said, Just discovered this podcast. I'm so glad I did. David Brenda's extensive experience shines through, as does Brenda's fantastic sense of humor. So I, that's the part. Like, I am always the straight guy. I don't like being the straight guy. Yeah. I want to be the funny guy. Yeah, well. Doesn't Sorry, work, you're, work out that you're way. a straight guy. All right. Yeah. Uh, you got to so, go with it. So this person also, they mentioned, I'm about to embark on a significant home model and feel much more confident with the Bryans by my side, so to speak. So that was very kind and very that nice. That is and, very nice. And I want to thank uh, our listener for uh, for that and uh, CMU204 uh, that uh, is the person that made that You review. are such a geek. Like, honestly. No shout outs? That's not the appropriate thing to well, do? Well, I don't know. When, the ne- when it's CMU204, it feels like, really? Well, it, that's just a thing, right? It's a, <laughs> it's a thing. So, so at any rate, um, I uh, I'm now a little insecure because I'm not. I'm like I, you're not that funny. Um, I guess I'm not. You're not. And you know, every time you make like, me laugh all the time. But in the in the past, we've done uh, consumer seminars like at at, um, at public events or like openings we've had and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone says the same thing: if you speak and I speak two separate times, then people will always come up to me and say, "Oh, your wife is so funny," and they never come to you and say, "Oh, your husband's so funny." No, that's true. Right. Yeah. But they do say you're very knowledgeable and helpful yeah, and that know. they learned a lot in your seminar. Uh-huh. And they probably learned nothing in mine, but they <laughs> laughed. So. Okay, know. fine. I, just so, anyway, so I just wanted to get that off my chest. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So 
Today, um, what, th this whole show is about the, the idea of helping homeowners um, have a better experience and, and I guess not to put too fine a point on it, but, but not get screwed, right? There's a lot of that that happens. Yeah. And so uh, we thought we would capitalize on the holiday, on the Halloween theme with uh, horror stories, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, unfortunately, there are, in our industry, there are way too many. And we've already given listeners, if you, if you listen to any of our earlier podcasts, we've already given people, um, you know, pointers and ideas about how to avoid problems. But we're going to highlight a couple of, uh, of horror stories that we're familiar with um, that we were actually, as a company, uh, our company was impacted by in, mm -hmm. in, indirectly or directly, depending on the situation. Um, and in each case, there are takeaways for, for you to, uh, um, to experience or to, to help protect yourself, right? Correct. And I want to put a caveat in there before we sort of talk about any of these things. It, and in general, and this is a generalization, I appreciate this, because the couple of examples that we're going to talk about today, the owners of those companies are bad people. Right, they're just bad people. They, they, yeah. they. You're I don't gonna... want to paint anybody as being well. Okay, so sorry. Yeah, all right. There's some bad people, but I also think that there's plenty of um, companies that just get in over their head. And, and that's what I was going to say. Right. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and so I don't want to paint the the industry uh, with a too broad a brush or, or too negative, uh, you know, a perspective because I don't think that's fair and I don't think that's right. I don't mm -hmm. think it's true. I think to your to your point, there are many small business owners that uh, that just get in over their heads mm -hmm. and, and they don't know what they don't know and by the time they figure out that they don't know it it's too late yep. they're already you know they're they're at the bottom of this wave and it's about to crest over them and crush them yep. right and, and unfortunately crushes whoever their clients are and, at the and time. that's that's the challenge yep. right mm -hmm. is, is that um, there are there's there's every time a contractor goes under or every time a contractor in whatever way fails there's collateral damage and the collateral damage is almost always you the listener mm -hmm. right uh, the person who wants to do the project and wants to have a good experience, because who doesn't want to have a good experience, right? So, um, so anyway, I wanted to uh, w wanted to just put that that caveat out there to um, to preempt any of the other comments. Now, in, in our marketplace, uh, there for years there was a competitor that they came on the market strong. Wait a minute, just just stop for a second yeah. because I just feel like since this is our our Halloween horror story, Meryl's episode, gonna put the scary music in. No, I know, but occasionally I feel like I need to just like don't don't don't. Okay, it's Thank so you. it's so satisfying. Okay, was that was that the one? Okay, that I'm, I'm good now. All right, so so and then you'll do that between the next story. Don't don't don't. Okay, thank yeah. you very much. Okay, good. <laughs> so, so glad I have you along. Uh, and um, so the uh, I, think, our, I think you should really enjoy what you're doing. Uh, and I so do too. In our marketplace, there was a company that came along, and um, and we noticed them as a competitor. And I got no. I, if anything, I we we as a company sort of embraced. Did we get to say the name. Uh, yeah, so they're out of business now. So <laughs> um, I noticed them, and and we would we would run into them periodically. Right, they were a design build company, just like we are, and uh, we would lose work to them occasionally. Right, mm -hmm. and so our very frustrating. Yeah, because so we want it all. We, right, super and, greedy. And so our designers would come back and say, "Oh yeah, you know, they, they, this client went with." And it appeared like they were pretty together, and and had that they had you know nice marketing. They had a nice logo. Uh, they were doing reasonable sized projects. Uh, they they had some sort of a process in place and a decent website, etc. Um, and and it was not uncommon that they were less expensive than us. And but by like a significant margin, yeah, sometimes it was, it was significant, enough. Sometimes yeah. significant, sometimes not. It was enough where clients would and and their their presentation was good enough. 
and slick enough where people were feeling like, yeah, you know, they're going to take good care of us, and and we're, um, you know, we're going to be just fine. It'll mm-hmm. be it'll be good, right? Um, but and so so it was because they had all of the trappings of a successful company. They they did a good job with their collateral material. They did a good job in their sales presentation. The owner was a good salesperson uh, and was compelling, uh, and uh, and they were moving along and doing their thing, right? But yet. Every once in a while, I would refer to it like they would eat our lunch a little bit. They would get a, a project that we wanted or whatever, and and it wasn't often the other way. And mm-hmm. I was getting a little frustrated, but fine. It, you know, that's part of the deal. And, and if they're a good competitor in the marketplace and they can figure out how to deliver the good, the services to homeowners for less, then I could be okay with that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we'll just figure out and we'll adapt, right? And we'll get what we get. So fast forward, uh, that went on for a few years. And uh, I actually met the guy uh, at one point in time. And seemed like a nice, intelligent guy, and I would see him in a bagel shop uh, on a regular basis uh, and uh, and respected the competitors, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and fast forward now, you get to a situation where we get a phone call from a person saying, huh, I'm working with <laughs> And uh, they stopped showing up. And, uh, and or we get another phone call from somebody saying, I gave, these company, I gave this company a deposit, and now they're not answering the phone. And then you get another phone call saying, uh, we had a contract signed, and uh, now uh, we can't get in touch with them, right? And, and, and this was happening a lot. A right? lot, A lot yeah. of people in the marketplace were calling us uh, saying uh, that they, had, they were either under construction or that they, were, uh, they had a signed contract or provided a deposit or whatever. And what we came to realize, what we came to find out was this company who was doing a fair amount of work had gotten themselves. I think every single year, they did more more volume. They lost more money. Mm-hmm. They fell further and further behind, and they were living off of uh, customer deposits, and they were living off of uh, accelerating their draws. In other words, what that means is that they were getting a lot of the customer's money up front. So they would a customer would hire them for a two hundred thousand dollar project, um, and they would be halfway through the project, and they would be, you know, like. 90% collected, right? Right. I mean, the client has paid them that much money in advance, right? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, um, it's a, it was a house of cards. And uh, and then when, when the house of cards finally fell, the, all of these people that were lined up in different kinds of projects were in big, big trouble, mm-hmm. right? And, and they found then on the back end that... Uh, that that contractor hadn't actually ordered a lot of the special order material, right? And and the contractor would say, "Well, I need I need your next payment because it's time for us to order all the windows." And there's twenty five thousand dollars of windows, so you got to pay me the twenty five thousand dollars, right? And again, articulate, uh, intelligent, uh, and you know, appearing professional. Mm-hmm. And so most homeowners feel like, "Okay, I got nothing to worry about," mm-hmm. until uh, you know the the people stop showing up, or until even worse case, now. If you're in a remodeling project and you have uh, you, you, the project stops in mid-project and you have lumber on in your project that you've that you've put in place, you've had dumpsters coming and going uh, that have have been filled up and left. You've had uh, windows delivered or not delivered. Now you're in a really bad spot, right? So now uh, you're in a spot where if all those vendors, let's say the lumberyard didn't get paid, right? The, the lumberyard now has the ability to come after you and lean on. And put a mechanics lien on your home. Right. 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 Uh, and a mechanics lien basically says that uh, if you you this is something you have to clear up before you ever go to sell your house, mm-hmm. and it's a way that that subcontractors and suppliers uh, can can be made whole if the general contractor doesn't pay them. Right. So it's 
because the, the problem is, if you think about it, in most cases, you know, lumber leaves the yard, gets put into somebody's house, a lumberyard can never take that back. Right. Right. It's right. now, it's now a two by four in your wall. Yeah. Right. And so there's a mechanism in the law that allows them to go after the people who actually now right. have been enriched Same by that product. Same thing with right? plumbers or exactly. electricians, anybody that comes to do your work. If they're not right. paid by the contractor, right. then they can put a lien on your house. And the worst part about that is, is that you as the homeowner are, are now feeling completely, uh, you know, take advantage of here because you in your mind you've actually paid for these things you've, you've paid the contractor for these things maybe they had milestone payments where you would pay upon different stages and you you think okay it's twenty five thousand dollars when we begin the plumbing it's, it's twenty five thousand dollars when we begin the electrical or or whatever it might be and but unfortunately you have no control over or do you know whether or not those people got paid mm-hmm. right and so in, in this particular case and then and then to combat things right this particular contractor to, to make the story juicier um, as he this person knew that they were going under um, and there's no doubt you, you know you you couldn't not know that yeah uh, so this guy then took his family on vacation uh, to Florida for two weeks and uh, before he left on vacation, he was out in the marketplace selling contracts like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, and collecting deposits. And collecting very healthy deposits. So right. selling one deal after another deal after another deal that for projects that he knew he would never build. So he was just bringing the cash in, uh, essentially putting it in his pocket, took off, took his family uh, to, uh, to a, on a vacation, uh, and then came back. And in his company, payday, payday was on a Thursday, and he called. He had the staff all work up until Thursday, and called the staff in on Thursday, and said, "I'm terribly sorry. Uh, the company's going out of business, and uh, we're uh, done, and none of you get paid." Right. Right. So this guy was just a bad guy, and 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 when the walls were closing in on him. He it, it sort of he, he did all the bad stuff, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, and, and it's not, and I and I think we just need to clarify again. This happens to companies. You know, they it does. they get out over their skis and they screw up, now, and then but then they don't compound the issue by right. by breaking the law, like right. knowingly knowing that they're going to be going out of business and collecting deposits. Right. Anyway. So the first part of people not knowing what you know, like uh, underestimating jobs and realizing you can't produce, that's that's right. fine. Right. That's a, that's an honest mistake for a contractor to make. Then it becomes sort of criminal yes. when you when you know. Oh, it absolutely became criminal. Yeah. And, I, and I can't remember what came out of it. But unfortunately, I do know not, that they were investigated. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, not the justice that should have come out of it. From my perspective, this person should have gone to jail. Mm. Uh, that, that, and that didn't happen. And it didn't happen. And it's a really crappy situation here. And, and this is one of the reasons why I want our listeners to to hear this story and think about this uh, with all the scary sound effects in the background. Because... Um, you then get yourself into a situation where when you analyze what it costs you to pursue this loser in court, mm-hmm. you often find yourself realizing, damn it, I just got... So let's say let, let's say he was selling you an $80,000 kitchen and you're totally stoked about this kitchen. You can't wait. Uh, and he requested a $20,000 deposit. That's a big chunk of money, mm-hmm. right? Most people will have been saving for a long time to afford this project of their dreams, and they fork over $20,000, and then they realize they got screwed. Then they realize this guy took that money, pocketed it, and has gone out of business. Mm-hmm. Now you sit down with a lawyer, and you say, this is what's happened to me, and I want to go after this person. And now this person... Be- this person was already upside down, already owed tons of people tons of money, right. and vendors going after him. 
And the lawyer then explains to you what it's going to cost for you to pursue that person, right. and whether you're ever going to see your money. And again. that's the big thing. It's also right? blood from a stone. You could get right. a you could get a positive judgment, and then how are you? How do you collect it? Right. And, I, and in our in our company, in our world, I've had that happen. We had a contractor who uh, mistreated us for forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and we went to court. We won hands down in court. And unfortunately, the contractor, we didn't realize it, but had just sort of set up these multiple uh, 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 corporations that were essentially shells. And so Mm -hmm. when we got a full judgment, uh, then then the the judge couldn't extract money from them because the company that he had had no assets. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I spent money for an attorney to go after this guy only to get stiffed in the end. Right. Right. And so what I think ends up happening is tons of people are faced with that situation and that conversation with their attorney where. They're, they're far enough into the process financially uh, that by the time you get done figuring out what's going to cost you to get the $20,000 back, you can't, you, you realize the, yep. the, it's gone. The worst, the, 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 the most intelligent answer is walk away, but it's walking away for $20,000. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and that's really, really hard. And so the worst, so in this particular case, this individual really actually got off. Uh, way, way, way lighter than they should have. There were some mm-hmm. people that were doing massive projects with this company and really, really got hurt financially. In well, a yeah, big and way. I remember one one of the projects was like a half a million dollar project and, and uh, they were halfway through it in terms of what they'd paid, but it was only a quarter into it in terms of what was done and none of the bills had been paid for the, the stuff that had right. already been like delivered. As, right. and, and, and even worse than that, like, you know, so... At that point, at that, on that particular project, at that point in time, I think there were um, the con- and I'd never even heard of this happening before. But the contractor, there was a v- it was a very large order for windows, mm. um, and I'm, I was friends with the window salesman who did the project, and he shared this with me, and he said, you know, um, that contractor broke down the window delivery into three separate orders. Then I'm like, it, generally in a remodeling project, that's not how it works, right? You right. you need all the windows generally at the same time, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he had broken them down. Because that particular vendor had put him on a uh, on a cash requirement, so he had to make payments when the windows showed up, or he wouldn't right. get the windows. Right. So he broke it down into three orders, once again to sort of keep the front up, mm-hmm. to keep to keep the illusion uh, like it was okay, and that that as windows start showing up, and th- the client would never know, did I get a third of the windows or did I get all the way? If you see windows showing up, you're thinking, okay, we're at right. the window stage, yep. right? Um, and so there was all there were all these manipulations going on, and so. One one mechanism, I think probably you can't you can't readily protect yourself from the contractor who is going to take a deposit and then uh, and then go out of business. I mean, the things we can do and we're going to talk about and we've talked about before are, you know, reference checking and background checking and all those kinds. But the problem is at the time this contractor went out of business, he had like plenty of five-star reviews and mm-hmm. he was on websites like Angie's List with by the hate I, by the way I hate Angie's List but he was on that site <laughs> with great reviews um, Angie's List I don't think doesn't do a lot of good for you as a, as a homeowner but he was on there with great reviews he had Google reviews he had a bunch of different sites that were giving him good reviews right mm-hmm. and, but that was he was he was at the bottom of the wave and, and it had not crested and caught about to crush him right. and so from a consumer's perspective you do your due diligence and you think you're golden uh, but you weren't, right? And so, so that's you... the horror of the horror story. But yes, yes. don't leave us hanging. I, well, no, no. What gonna... the heck? <laughs> I'm gonna t- I'm gonna give you some. So, uh, bottom line is, unfortunately, there were a lot of people hurt in, mm-hmm. in this process, a lot. And, uh, and and there are, I think, there were at least ten projects that we identified uh, where they 
some of those were in construction and didn't finish uh, with the same contractor. Some of those were newly signed contracts that had paid deposits that never started and, and on and on. So um, what's the takeaway? I think one of the takeaways is that the, for, the, for the job that's under construction, that you could have, uh, that, that you, you know, how you protect yourself and make sure that your contractor is paying the people they're supposed to pay is, you know, you can uh, require from a contractor to uh, provide you effectively proof of payment, right? And so what's well, called things, is a release right, of lien. Release of lien. But right. before we even get there, one of the things you can do when you check your references is also ask who their regular suppliers are, who nice. their subcontractors are, and call them and say, are they up to date? Absolutely. So that's a, that, that was the other thing I was going to do, which was talk about that. You're 100% right. So let's, let's just switch gears and talk about that for a second before we talk about release of lien. If, um, and, and there will be some contractors who may feel a little offended by this, tough yeah. You know, tough, right? Tough noogies. I would like to know if I'm going to hire somebody that's going to do a large project for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a perfectly reasonable question to say, so uh, I'd like to know who your primary supplier is and, and who is going to provide all of the materials for this project. Mm-hmm. And if it's okay, I'd like to be able to call them and just make sure you're current, mm-hmm. right? That Some contractors may take offense, but frankly, if they protest too much, then you, you might have a problem, right? right. It right. might be a good disqualifying right. Is, isn't that thing. like a Shakespeare thing? He doth protest he too doth much. He doth protest too much, yes, exactly. Nice. Look at you getting nice. all smart and stuff. And, uh, or and no, so it's me thinks thou dost protest too much. Oh, here I think we that's go. the actual quote. Here we go. I know you got an A in Dante. Um, so uh, I did, <laughs> and you can, like, stop that. Right. So uh, my wife's wicked smart. But, <laughs> um, but so, the, so the deal is there, you... Uh, I, I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing to to ask for t- maybe the top three. So your lumber supplier, your window supplier, whomever you want. Right. Um, and then make a couple of calls. And and, and it, they may need to give permission for those people to, to answer your questions, but that's not an unreasonable thing to do. Nope. But, and, you know, and uh, they may, the, the contractor may come across, you may have to soften it a little bit, say, listen, I, I like you guys a lot. I want to work with you. I feel good about working with you. But I know there are too many things that go on that are bad in this marketplace. And if you wouldn't mind, it would make me feel more comfortable if I could do these things. Right. right? And that's a good way for you as, the, as a, to approach a contractor because some contractors may take offense to it. They shouldn't, but they might. Mm-hmm. Even contractors who are legit and paying their bills might still be like, yeah, no. All right. Mm-hmm. So, but I do think it's, it is a way to protect yourself. And if, if any of the customers who had been working with this contractor had done that before they hired them, mm-hmm. they would have found out that that it never is one thing. Like in that particular case, that contractor was $100,000 behind his lumber bill mm-hmm. because I was friends with the owner of the lumber yard. Mm-hmm. $100,000 behind when he started that project, mm-hmm. right? And so he was taking any of the payments that were coming in for the big project and paying somebody else's lumber bill with it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, right? So now... In addition to doing that, which was which was good, the other thing that you can use is this thing called release of lien, which is a really good mechanism, mm-hmm. right? And what it says is, uh, and if, if if as an example you have a bank loan, most bank loans require this. Right. Most not not an owner, not a uh, home equity line of credit doesn't require this that. But if you take a construction loan, most bank loans will require that you provide release of liens, which basically means that as and we've talked about this in early shows. But it's a really good tool. It basically means that as you're going along um, and doing the project, once let, let's say the excavator comes and digs the foundation, 
uh, and then the concrete uh, contractor comes and forms and pours the foundation. There's actually three uh, three trades now involved, right? These the excavator the concrete foundation form guy and the concrete company itself, right? So you can then ask for releases of lien from, those from three. all three of those and you want that before you next make your next payment. Um, and so the idea there is that you are, uh, are you're never going to be so far exposed that it's as tragic as it could be otherwise, right? And, right. and so, so in that scenario you get those three releases of lien, and then you make your next payment to the contractor. And now the project progresses, and now you're into framing. And so you have the carpenters who are doing the framing, and you have the lumber yard, and maybe you have a couple other suppliers. And before you make it to your next stage and ask to, and, and provide your next payment, you get releases of lien from those, those right? Yeah. And, uh, and it just gives you a little bit of proof that your contractor is, in fact, paying those companies, mm -hmm. right? Because there, other, there really is no way to know otherwise um, to, to do that. Um, so that's a really powerful tool uh, and will get, put you in a spot where were the contractor to go under, you're not going to have tons of people knocking on your door saying, I never got paid because you have a release of lien that proves that they got paid. Right, right? exactly. And, uh, and the way the contractor does that is basically the contractor says, okay, here's your check excavator guy. Uh, please, sign this Please form. sign my release of lien, and then, and then, you, then a copy of that goes to you, mm -hmm. right? And uh, an excavator guy signs off because he got paid, and life is good, mm -hmm. right? So that's a that's a really good tool, um, and obviously all the all the references. Now you got to keep in mind this guy who did this bad thing. He had references. Mm -hmm. He had customers in the beginning of his business that had done that had been happy, and he wasn't doing bad work. He was doing yep. decent work, right? Yep. But probably nobody called his lumber supplier. I'm confident no one ever called his lumber supplier. Mm -hmm. I am confident of that, or his window supplier, or anybody else. Um, and uh, and so, and, and like I said, I know what transpired was that he kind of felt like every job at the next job would save their bacon. Mm -hmm. I know that because I was that guy at one point in time in mm -hmm. trouble mm -hmm. and thinking that, okay, the next big job will be okay. And if you're not charging enough money to do what you need to do, the next big job just makes it that much worse. Right. Right. Um, right. And and, so, but the difference is with you, at least you were honest and, you know, weren't taking people's money and correct right so that's that's the difference that, right you like you have a bad situation in combination with a dishonest person right. versus a, com a bad situation in combination with an honest person right and, and i and i think it's exactly right and i think this person was trying really really hard to build a good company mm -hmm. and it got to a point where they realized it was unsustainable and then that person then made a whole bunch of really bad evil choices yeah right and so um so at any rate, uh, there is our horror story for today, boys and girls. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and, uh, and a good opportunity for, uh, for you to have an illustration of things that can happen uh, that you really want to avoid. And it, and it doesn't have to happen that way. There are tools that we're giving you uh, to make sure you have a great experience and to make sure that, uh, that you're not putting yourself at undue risk. All right? Excellent. So, so this is Renovation Made Right. I am Brenda Bryan. Thanks for joining us. And I am David Bryan, the one who's not so funny. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out the show notes on our website, renovationmaderight.com, and follow us on social media at Renovation Made Right. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you like the show, leave us a review.